Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clement's each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I'm Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Oh, uh, it's the Snow White Odyssey. We're looking at Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the Disney classic, for reasons which I'm unsure. But here we are now, so let's just go with it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've said it before, Sam. This is your your passion project, almost, isn't it? It is. The, yeah, I'm delighted that to be we've doing done. this. You're you're taking the lead of this well, one. I re- I re- just... What I really hope is is that people will reassess. Uh, for for many years, Disney. I think less so now. But Disney was regarded almost, the word itself was almost like a dirty word. And there was a lot of snobbery. And when I first had, when I was first a father, when I had my daughter, there was some other parents. When I was first a father. When I first became a father. When I first spawned a child (laughs) from my loins. From my guts. (laughs) I, um... uh, Sir, I have terrible news. Your guts are infertile. (laughs) You have infertile guts. <laughs> but I thought it, I thought all of that, that business emitted from the balls. Yes, but the balls are linked to the guts, sir. What it feeds? all stems from the guts. Ask yourself this, who feed the foot, the balls feed the penis, but who feeds the balls? The guts, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um... Tell me this, sir. Are you and a who fan feeds of, the guts? Have you the been, heart. Have you been consuming and, enough brandy and sausages? That's the way to render your guts efficient and fertile. The guts are fed by the heart. And when you are in love and you want to emit your <laughs> seed, where does that all come from? Why, it's the heart and Pumping. love. Pump in as hard as it can, day and Heart night. To the guts, to, to the feed balls, your hungry to the guts. cock. <laughs> to feed your hungry guts. Which pass on your seed to <laughs> to the gaping mouth of your ball bag, <laughs> which then in turn spits it, out, it up, spits it out via your helmet, <laughs> and there we have it—the beauty, the beautiful world of reproduction. It in spits it out, poetic harmony. Spits it out via what I don't believe they refer to as the Japs eye anymore. <laughs> For reasons a, of common decency. What what a wonderful thing Mother Nature has created in man. His guts, his balls, his japs eye, all working together in perfect unison. 
What a sight to behold. Truly, <laughs> truly, it is a marvellous spectacle that makes one dearly believe that there is a god, <laughs> an intelligent designer somewhere. <laughs> and uh, if you are doing homeschooling of your kids at the moment during this pandemic and you need to do, you know, biology and human reproduction, feel free to play them that. It looks out there because it's it's all there. Sergio Aguero's teaching Spanish for the BBC at the moment. They should have got me in that. They should have got me and you into. Oh, I'm doing Spanish on Duolingo app. It's one of the things. Yeah, I've been. Is it good? It's bloody great, mate. It's really great. Is it easy to do? Real easy, real easy. Yeah. When are you doing it? When you when you're running or? No, just I'm sitting about. (laughs) Which is fucking hell. Well, it's very leisure because it's Spanish. I thought Mm. you know. Best way to learn Spanish is as is to get in like method style into the mindset of a Spaniard. So I go <laughs> full this and that. Oh fucking hell. <laughs> Just sit about. Yeah. Sit about outdoors. <laughs> Saying Spanish it's... words. I speak a little bit of French. I speak in an even Ooh. littler bit of Italian. So I thought right. uh, and I so I could have gone for either of them and I thought, no, fuck that. I'll go Spanish. I don't speak any Spanish. But I fucking yeah. love Spain. And well, um, me too. Yeah. largely because of your influence, I now have a dream of living in Mallorca full time at mm. some point in my life. Well, we'll do it together. We'll do it in adjoining rigs and just keep knocking yeah, the podcast brilliant. out. Yeah, top five like, time machine like, towers. It'll be like Tracy Island. Yeah, we'll be like two rear Winstons in Sexy Beast. That's what my dream is, apart from when Ben Kingsley turns up and starts <laughs> yeah, acting the cunt. Yeah, yeah, that's not <laughs> I could good, do without it? that. That'll be like if my brother Cass comes out. <laughs> I watched it it was on again last week yeah. can I tell you something that might blow your mind that what? film is 20 years old Sam fucking hell yeah I remember looking forward to that coming out mm. if you see what I mean I remember I the still regard it. I still, I still regard it as a recent film it's a contemporary gangster <laughs> film yeah. that really moved the genre on 20 fucking years god what, what a movie anyway but um yeah, so, yeah, learned a bit of Spanish. Can't remember how we got onto that. Tracy Island. Yeah, I would love us to have a, in Mallorca a Tracy <laughs> Island-style rig. You yeah. Know. And you know, like, Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer had matching yeah. black Ferraris, and mm. they had identical twin personal assistants as well. Yeah. One each. We could get into that quite easily. We, we could, could even have dive... matching cats. We, we, could, <laughs> we could deep dive the Don Simpson book, couldn't we? That's oh my hell god! Of a book. What a book! <laughs> High concept. There's a lot yeah. of great Hollywood books that would warrant deep diving. The other real, I think, the one that's even better than the Don Simpson one is the uh, Robert Evans. The kid stays in the picture. Yes. Fucking yes. sensational. Great film adaptation of that as well. It is. Yeah, uh, plenty of time in our hands. Anyway, <clears> let's <throat> get back to what. What I'm happy about is what I was saying about when I first had produced a child from my guts was that. There That's was right, a lot yeah. of there was middle class parents, including fathers. It's a bit sexist, but it's usually the mums who get uptight about what the kids watch, right? But I remember sitting mm. in a pub and some middle class dads sort of going, "Oh, I don't let my children watch um, watch any Disney," and I sort of thought to myself, right. "Why?" And they didn't fucking know why. It was cultural snobbery. Um, mm. They hadn't really applied any fucking intellectual analysis to anything. They just thought it was a thing you said to look as if you were a good parent and that, you know, mm. you were a little bit fucking posher than the next cunt. And I just thought, what is your problem with it? But everyone sort of for, for a few years seemed, oh, well, Disney, I mean, it, it teaches such awful stereotypes or whatever. I don't fucking know. Mm. 
but I always let my kids watch it. And my daughter loved it, and I'd seen <laughs> Snow White. I let my kids watch it, and they seem to enjoy it, so what's so fucking wrong with well, that Fucking Nothing. right. Fucking right. Because, you know, <laughs> follow follow your instincts. Yeah, I also showed my kids Rocky Four once, and they both cried when Apollo Creed yeah. died, so I switched it off and never showed You've it to them learn, again. You've got to learn, learn, and just, you know, feel your way through I didn't say, thing, you? keep watching, it gets better, don't yeah. worry. Rocky does the comedy in the end, he gets his revenge, right? I said... All right, fair enough. You're crying because you've just watched a man being beaten to death by Dolph Lundgren. On reflection, that probably isn't appropriate viewing. So yeah. I will switch this off and watch it alone later. And I've never shown it to them again. But there was no tears or anything watching uh, Snow White. It, there was just joy. Oh. And therefore, I was happy for her to continue watching it. But during that period when she was really obsessed with it, I just became more and more obsessed and found it, saw the, 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 the humour in it. Right and and mm. and and since it's just become the sort of film that I can never get enough of. I can always watch again because it's always funny. So that and, and I are. hope that some people are. Really, I know some people listening have um, gone mm. on to Disney Plus or wherever and had a little rewatch and seen and perhaps seen it in a new light. We are mm. at the stage where we are first meeting the dwarfs. They are in their diamond mine that they have. Yes. And uh, it is fucking great, this diamond mine. There are diamonds everywhere. It's not the sort of diamond mine like you get in Sierra Leone where you've got to dig quite a lot all day to find one tiny bit of diamond. Mm. There are diamonds all over the shop. It's a piece of piss. However, health and safety-wise, it's a nightmare. They've got... It looks very fragile. They're down deep in some caves. They've got a few bits of sort of wooden beam holding things up. Yeah, but there's seven now, of them yeah. now. I'd wager that there was originally a lot more and that there's Probably, been yeah. several accidents. Now, the, you're they're, from they're the all, north. They're all operating in a very small area as well. I mean, there's a fuckload of diamonds just yes. in that little area that yeah. they're in there. They've also got a very delicate-looking deer. So in those olden days, down in a mine, they would have obviously had, um, you know, probably a horse and cart down mm. there. There's a rail that they've rigged up for a horse and cart to go along, which presumably collects the diamonds and takes it out to the mm. lift shaft, right? But they've not got a donkey or a mule, like most people would have. They've got a fucking deer, like Bambi doing it, which seems peculiar. Maybe that was a product placement, knowing they were going to oh, do Bambi in the future. The and they next were just film like, was Bambi, yeah. so they were lying... What's the next one, Bambi? I think That's it what was. it is then, isn't it? So they were yeah. planting a seed in people's heads, That's like, what it is, hey, yeah. look at that. Ever thought about how awesome deers are? Yeah, yeah, you are now, though, aren't you? You don't but, even know what a deer is, do you? But there's one. It's doing a fucking good job. Look at that. Stick working around. Working deer, that is. Working yeah. deer. Right. Now, you are from the north, and you are mm. a podcaster. But Correct. I assume, being from the north, you are the first person in generations of Dawson's not to be a miner of some sort. And for that reason, I'm assuming you have insight to what goes on down in mines and Although you think, well, dwarfs, fucking obvious candidates for mine work because they can get in mm. all the small nooks and crannies. Mm -hmm. Their safety gear is not what I imagine your forefathers went to work in. No, I would say not. I mean, my, my father wasn't a miner. Right. <clears throat> he was a mechanic. Uh, my grandfather was a miner. Right. But he was an electrician down the mines. So he didn't Whoa. do the actual mining. He had to put the electrics involved. in down there. He, he did the electrics. Um, <clears throat> he was a small man. He was about five foot. Five, right. I reckon, maybe five, yeah, about five, four, five, five. Mm. And his nickname was Tot. His name was Thomas, but his nickname was Tot. He actually Great would nickname. have been 101 this week. Oh, he, did you put a picture of, you see the granddad you put I a picture did. up of recently? Yeah, That's the nice one looking was on, lad. On the social nice media. Bloke he was. 
Yeah, that was Todd. Mm. Um, I like to think that if he'd lived to be 101, he, he wouldn't have survived. Um, but there you go. No, you don't know, he'd, do you? he'd be as dead as the doorpost now, so it's probably best yeah, he's out all of nice, the way. All, all nice and dead. Mm. But he, he used to be down the mine, a small man. Um, I don't know about safety equipment, but I do know that on one occasion he did try and jump a lift on a coal truck that was underground that was going at about 60 miles an hour and he fell off as it went around a corner and was seriously injured. But um, that's the kind of thing that happened down there, I think. It was free for all. What um, what did he think of? What did he tell you about life in the mine? Did he enjoy it? Or was it just like, well, it's just something you no, got to do? I, the, the, impression that I, the impression I got from him and from other relatives that worked down there was fucking awful. Mm. And that they wouldn't wish it on anybody. Right. But that's kind of all you that all you could do, wasn't it? Was this, this, this was kind of why I got they a bit hadn't upset invented when, podcasting then, so or or call centres, which no. kind of replaced the mines. Yeah, it was either mining or shipbuilding up here, pretty much. You'd walk mm. out of school and you walk into a job in the mines or the shipyards. And I suppose and, um, mining, I suppose shipbuilding was much colder. That would probably be my point of view if I was making a choice. Yeah, at least thinking, if you were down the mine, you'd be all nice and hot. I'd be thinking mining, very claustrophobic, and you get um, all sorts of terrible lung conditions. Mm-hmm. And right. hot as well, yeah. Um, but I, ha- I hate the cold. I'm very right. sensitive to cold. So being out like in November, December, January mm. time, fucking doing whatever shipbuilders do, bashing bits of fucking steel together... Mm. That would be nightmarish too, wouldn't it? This this was... Um, I mean, I think probably out of the two of them, mining were probably the most homoerotic. Uh, yeah, mining and oh. shipbuilding, because there's lots of sweat, fellas mm. with their shirts off and all that sort of thing. Lots of muscular men. Yeah. Because you, you, you have to be pretty strong. Yeah. All that manual yeah. labour every day, you'd have rippling biceps and covered then, in all, soot and per- all, perspiration. Yeah, and all showering together at the end of the day as well. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't think you'd get that level of homoeroticism in the shipyards Shit quite so much. And you just have to go home and have a bath. Fuck off, yeah. A tin yeah. bath as well. I'd probably go to the pub for a few hours first and then, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, I remember I reading what the question my, was, my but, yeah. only insight to northern industrial life was um, reading Sons and Lovers for A-Level. <laughs> and uh, that was set in Nottingham. And, those, <laughs> and that painted a horrible picture of it. And they were, but... What it did do is make me think about, you know, why people became alcoholics. This is before mm. I was one. And they went, because it was just like, they described how awful it was. And then at the end of the day, the dad, he couldn't face going home, right? Mm. Because he had to do something rather than just be in a black hole all day. So he'd mm. go and spend what little money they paid him. And he would just drink until he was sufficiently pissed to mm. stumble home and collapse into bed. And, that, you know, when he got home, his wife would give him loads of shit and all the rest of it. But you sort of thought, Psh, you know, no mm. wonder Mr... What were their fucking names? Anyway, you know, I could see the strong connection between alcoholism and that kind of life. But then, of course, I became a heavy... I became a problem drinker. And, you know, I've never had to do a solid day's manual labour in my life, Ever. let's be honest. You worked Ever. in the media. Yeah, yeah. My hands are soft. <laughs> But it's, it was it was completely completely different how things are because now because you'd have you know the, the mines and the collieries they'd each have you know male voice choirs and mm. brass bands and all that sort of thing there was a culture around it community and yeah you, you, and you don't get that with call centres uh, call centres quite so much I don't the think gig there's very economy. many call centre calls 
Yeah, there's not so much of that. But then everyone was all in it together, I suppose. Thatcher destroyed society, mate, and shutting mm-hmm. those big industrial um, nerve centres down was just one of the ways. I mean, now, I mean, because if you think about it, there could still be <clears throat> within, say, the gig economy, whether that mm. is Uber drivers or delivery riders or whatever, call centre workers, why shouldn't there be a community and a culture amongst them? There isn't because... the. I think maybe the whole of society's mindset shifted. Yeah. Jalapeño. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. I mean, I look back at their lives and I don't know how much my granddad got paid being down the mine, but they lived in a two-bedroom cottage uh, which was owned by the colliery mm. so they rented it from them but it was obviously a favorable rent because they worked mm. for the for the colliery anyway and they they had a, a caravan in north yorkshire that they spent their weekends at you know mm. they had a static caravan which obviously wasn't cheap mm. but they were earning enough to be able to have that and run that as a second home sort of thing and lots of their friends had similar sorts of things as well going on and now if you have a caravan fucking hell they're about 20 grand or something minimum so yeah. I think that's kind of been upscaled out of the reach of most, you know, ordinary working people. How, I don't know. How, the, just... how, how is this fixed? Do you think it's simple or do you think it's complicated to fix this? Because remember that guy last year who I interviewed, the one when I went mental at the bloke on the reception who I then worked out was probably mm. had a few issues with his mental health. Mm. Remember that? Yeah. And, and the guy I was interviewing was called Rutger Bregman and he wrote this book where he was just like just give everyone a universal minimum wage yeah. just give a, a minimum income just give everyone 12 mm. grand the state can mm. afford it and then see how the cards land because all the evidence seems to suggest that most people will automatically turn that into more money for themselves mm. and for the state yeah. uh, that is in most people's human nature maybe that's the solution <clears throat> I I was not hugely convinced about that beforehand, but now, right now, where we're at, yeah. a month into this pandemic, absolutely 100% do that right now because so many people have been asked to jump through so many hoops in order to claim money that the government says there for them, self-employed people especially. Um, just fucking give everyone 12 grand. So there you go. Yeah. Or grand a month, whatever. Yeah. There you go. It's not perfect, but... It's an investment. And they, and you know, it, it, part of one of the studies he had was they gave something like twelve long-term homeless people in the city of London twelve mm. grand each as an experiment, right? Some mm. sort of research centre, just identify people who've been living on the living rough in the city of London for a long time, and I think all bar one uh, ended up, you know, two years on off the streets, in employment, earning more yeah. than 12 grand a year. Um, mm. Only one out of the 12 sort of went off radar and spent it on booze and drugs, <clears throat> which mm. is what 
there's an assumption. Uh, yeah, and you need data to disprove these assumptions, but there is an assumption amongst some people that if you give out free money, that money will be frittered away. But all the evidence that he had suggested that it wouldn't be. And I think there will be evidence coming out. There'll be a lot more data on all of this on the other side of this pandemic crisis. Well, this is it. You know, we, we've got no idea if we started doing that now, how that would pan out mm. over the next year, because we don't know what the next year is even going to be, mm. what anything's going to be worth. But there has to be a safety net for absolutely fucking everybody, and there clearly isn't at the minute. Mm. I'm seeing loads of tweets from people who are just saying, I've just left a freelance contract and I'm between jobs or whatever, and... I don't qualify for being furloughed, but I don't mm. qualify as self-employed either, so I've got nothing. Mm. And that's disgusting that there's people that's got nothing in this this thing that's no one's fault. Yeah, I think one thing I'd say is, and you know, anyone who listens to this regularly knows that I'm not someone who's you know w- would defend this government or anything. But I do, I do think with all these things, is that like no government really would have ever have been fully prepared for something as random as this. And my only hope, because I always like to have a bit of hope, and it's often misplaced, is that, you know, bit by bit over the last six weeks, the government have stepped up mm. and offered new... They've identified new people with vulnerabilities and mm. tried to help or address it. Maybe not perfectly. Uh, and so you think that each time they do a new wave of bailouts, yeah. let's say, or whatever you want to call it, assistance... They then will get pressured um, by other groups who go, well, hang on, what about us? And then <coughs> on the whole, I like to think that they're going to respond to that. Do you know what I mean? Once these mm. groups emerge and have a voice, they, they keep responding. Because even if you buy into the idea that all Tories are inherently cruel, right, which I actually don't, I mean, I think a lot of them are, but I don't think all of them automatically are. Even if they are just entirely practically minded, right, and unaware that, you know, their own people need the economy to survive and keep going and not plummet, then it makes, even if you take all emotion out of it, it makes total practical sense to make sure everyone is kept afloat. I think in terms of money, I think they are doing the right thing in generally, in general, but I think they're being dragged towards each next step that they do. Mm. They could have done universal basic income for example on day one but they're not going to do that because if they drag it out for a few weeks then it saves them billions almost because they're not doing it all immediately but i do i don't i don't buy the thing no one was prepared for this because there's been pandemic preparations going on all around the world for years and years now Mm. um and i think some countries have dealt with this better than others and this one has dealt with it atrociously, I reckon. You're listening to the Snow White and the Seven my, Dwarfs my, deep dive here you. on Top Flight. I like this Chancellor. What's his name again? Um, I can't remember. Rassy Shuchek. Something like that. Right. I, I, I like. I don't know. I don't know, mate. Do you? I know you won't like him, right? But there's some. I can't, despite myself, I like the bloke. He looks right. smooth. He looks slick. Yeah. I like the cut of his jib. I like okay. the way that he keeps doing press conferences where he hands out billions of pounds. I think, yeah, I like you. And I think he'll be the next Prime Minister. <laughs> Quite possibly, but it's that thing. Well, I think Michael Gove will be the next one. I think that's been lined up. Yeah, but probably. It, I think I think it's that thing where they're, being, they're, they're, they're doing things when they absolutely have to be done. It's, mm. they're, they're being reactive instead of being proactive about it all. But there you go. That's where we're at. Well, These listen, dwarfs then. 
Everyone who's out there, you know, our analysis counts for nothing. And, uh, you know, all all we can do is say our heart goes out to you. We know there's a lot of people who are struggling. We all are, but some even worse than the rest of us. And um, all we can do is keep pumping out this bullshit about things like Snow yeah. White to hopefully bring a little bit of happiness or joy to your day. We have failed to do that so far because we've just been talking about this shit. So let's get back into Snow White. They're down in the mine. None of them yeah. have got any safety or protective wear on. They're all just wearing their silly floppy hats, which are a bit like those beanie hats that David Beckham used to like. That's right, yeah. Um, very, very lax. And look at the, the diamonds as well. They're very easy to mine, aren't they? They're yeah, just using a piece a, of piss. The, easy I mean, they've job. got the pickaxes, but they, they can prize them out with a pickaxe. Yeah. They're not even hard to find. It's like, you know when you do an Easter egg hunt for your kids, but Mm. you make it really easy for them to find. Not as they get older, but when they're younger, you just literally put an egg on a fucking table and go, can you find the Mm. egg? Try looking right in front of you, you dickhead. It's there. Yeah, it's fucking obvious and it's frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, you're like, fucking hell, look right in fucking front of you. She was fucking cold or raining or something. Yeah, you just want to get Jesus in. Jesus Christ. Anyway, it's like that. The, the yeah, you up- found them all now. Let's go in. Yeah, that's that's give me found. one of them as well. I'm starving. <laughs> can we have one now? Yes, you can have that for your breakfast. <laughs> you can have that Cadbury's cream egg for your breakfast. I think there's fruit in it. Right. Uh, don't have the caramel one, because that's more of a treat. <sighs> the... Uh, the, yeah, so the, the diamonds are fucking everywhere. They're a piece of piss. It's easy peasy, and they're all singing. Um, they've put Sleepy in charge of the deer and cart, which, to my mind, is a big mistake because, you know, he, he's constantly falling asleep, isn't he, by definition? Are we at the bit, are we, are we at the bit where he's whacked the deer with the, with the fucking whip or the stick or whatever it is? Yeah, it's a bit unkind. Have we that yet? Quite rightly, the deer... Rears up and spills diamonds everywhere. Now, you can also see Dopey. Dopey's job is to sweep up the iffy, the the snide diamonds that Doc, Mm. who is sort of like their de facto leader, right? Um, Mm. He's certainly the one who's the least fucking stupid, right? He looks at them all with one of them ear, those eyepieces that diamond experts use, which, by the way, I would love to have one of those, wouldn't you? Me too. Jeweler's eyepiece, they call it. Jeweler's eyepiece. That sounds like something from the Viz Profanosaurus, though, doesn't it? (laughs) I can imagine a Viz annual being called the Jeweler's eyepiece. It's probably in there, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, he looks at them. He examines them. And, by the way, they say it's a diamond mine, but there's all different colours of gemstone. Um, there's green mm. ones, red ones, blue ones, the lot. So this is Rubies, a rubies, mul- emeralds, all it's sorts. A, it's yeah. a multi-gem mine, which I've never mm. heard of. But anyway, so they dig them out, they take them out, they give them to Doc. Doc looks at them through his eyepiece, and the ones he doesn't think are legit, he just fucking lobs on the floor. And then Dopey, <laughs> Dopey's job, Dopey's got a dustpan and brush, but he's he hasn't got the fucking what you know the what you call them our ones, the stand-up ones. You know, yeah, the, uh, the Bernard Langer. But he hasn't got a Bernard Langer because this is olden time. So he's got, he's yeah, having to fucking bend over and sweep them all it's up. It's a fucking backbreaker, isn't it? A lot of people have compared uh, Dopey to me physically, and I've got really? to say, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't take it as a compliment, but I have to hold my hands up and say, yeah, I can see the similarities. Mm. Um, he's got rubbery features, <laughs> big, big ears, and a bald head. 
And uh, yeah. I would say that's pretty. I would say if I look like any of the seven dwarfs, it's him. I, don't, I haven't decided which one you look like yet. Okay, we'll get right to that. But he's, he's sweeping them up and he's just, what's he doing? Chucking them in the river? He just chucks them away, doesn't he? Yeah, well, he's. He's dopey. Look, he's all confused now. He's found two diamonds that Doc's not spotted yet and he's yeah. delighted by it. So the silly bastard puts one in each eye, right? To sort as a joke. <laughs> to try and impress or amuse Doc. And yeah. Doc looks at him and gets quite fucked off and whacks him around yeah. the head so they fall out again. So this is the sort of dynamic that they're kind yeah. of matey, Bang. but at the same time there's a lot of friction. We're fucking working here. It's not fucking playtime, yeah. dopey. Yeah, a lot of um, creative tension. Probably a bit like being in Radiohead. Yeah, exactly. And I see I Doc as the Tom York character. <laughs> Yeah, and definitely. Dopey's more like Ed O'Brien. Yeah. The fun one of the gang. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Don't know the names of so, any of the others. Or I did, I've forgotten. There's one there's Johnny, isn't there? Johnny the Green. Johnny Green. Johnny Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. So it's five o'clock, shift's over. And now this like, is this, this is the most famous song home. probably, isn't it? Off yeah. they go. But as we decided last week, not the best one. No, Inner Mine is the best one, which we covered. They simply, there's very lax security. They they simply put all of their precious jewels inside some sacks, which they don't even tie up, some hessian sacks. In the vault. And then they lob them in this place called the vault, which just has a pretty simple chub lock. And hilariously, they've left Dopey in charge of lock-up and once yeah. he's locked it up, he hangs the key on a hook right outside <laughs> the, the door. door. <laughs> so there's no point in locking it anyway. And there are quite literally, at today's valuations, billions of pounds worth of diamonds yeah. inside this vault. Yeah. Billions, right? Anyone I mean, could take over this thing overnight. Even some slightly bigger dwarfs could take over. Yeah, yeah. So they must be dependent entirely on the fact that no other cunt lives around here. They must be like, it doesn't really matter. No fucker ever comes through this part Where are of the these woods. diamonds going, though? Where, where are they going? Who's the recipients? And why are no questions being asked about the source? Well, one thing why I is know, no one going one thing I know is that the Queen, had, when we saw her at the beginning, she had a lot of jewels. She had a lot of bling in her rig. Mm. And you remember she had that, she'd commissioned that special bejeweled box to keep the heart in. For the heart, yeah. 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 And that had plenty of jewels in. So maybe that's a little backstory or side story like they do in the Star Wars universe about how in fact the dwarves were on our payroll our biggest we don't work for anyone directly we're an independent um, collective of miners but we have several different um, contracts with different clients to be honest our biggest client our most lucrative client over the last you know five to ten years has certainly been the Wicked Queen (laughs) I mean we have we have a regular, consistent order from her monthly for a certain amount of jewels, and that is a guaranteed contracted amount, and that we know will cover our overheads, right? She no makes a lot what. of boxes to keep a lot but, of organs in. But two or three year, times a year, she'll do a special commission above and beyond the contract. It might be, I need a special ornamental box to keep a child's heart <laughs> inside, for instance. <laughs> or it might just be a new hat with gemstones in it. Whatever that might be... We will mark it up substantially. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to be honest, there are, there are other folk uh, around the kingdom 
who who has for Jules, but she's definitely the best one, which is what made it so difficult for us to have to play a part in our death. <laughs> I, I better not get ahead of myself. Spoilers. Yeah. I mean, right, that's it, because we're, we're at the stage now where they're leaving at the end of the day's work. Uh, and in which the next is a great episode, feeling, we'll isn't out, it, for anyone in any line of work? We'll find out what happens next in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I think we've covered about two minutes of the film today. Yeah. But, That's all right. But We're just... a lot of meaning in it. So uh, all the best. Good luck. Stay well. Yes. And, and you um, know, night, night. Goodbye. sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.